0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Please Be Excited. My name is John. I'm your host. Uh, If you are new to the show, this is a podcast about movies and TV shows and whatever we're excited to talk about each week. On today's episode, we talk about Shadow and Bone, the first few episodes of season one of Shadow and Bone. Uh, Chad has been watching it recently. I watched, I think, the first episode, but really into it and we will probably get into like the full season in the future, so excited about that. Uh, Jimbo talks about sex education and the OA, and then I talk about a lot of things. Kind of ramble a little bit on what I've been reading and watching lately, but the big film stuff is uh, Netflix's Kate, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and James Wan's Malignant, Uh, which you'll see how I feel about it once you get to it in the episode. But that's what we cover on today's episode. Um, I just wanted to say again, this is our last episode before we go on break for a little bit. We're gonna take a little break, come back. Uh, I'm not quite sure when. It will be later this year. I don't think we're going to push it till next year. So sometime later this year, we will return with episode 61. But this is our last episode for right now. So thank you everybody who has been listening for the last year and nine months or however long exactly it's been. But I really appreciate that people have listened every week or every other week whenever we put episodes out. It's been a little inconsistent. But Appreciate you guys, and I hope you enjoy this last episode before we go on break. Oh Chad, what you munching on? Pop tart?
1: Oreo baby?
0: Oreo,
2: Oreo pop tart. Wow,
1: game no. changer!
2: I'm intrigued.
0: Trailblazer. America. Mhm. All right, so jumping into the sod, guys. How how has everybody been? What you guys been up to today? watching five
2: hours of recorded football games with dad oh boy yeah i did i did like five or six days straight of grading last week so like i didn't actually have to work on anything today could take the day off so we watched the bucks game from yesterday and then the gators game from saturday and both of the recordings weren't extended long enough so i watched like these full games and then the last like two or three minutes got cut out in each one Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of anticlimactic it's kind of frustrating yeah but i just did that for a long time yeah,
0: yeah. I heard was it the browns that had like a lot of injuries or something i thought i don't know if
2: anything happened with the browns yesterday but the ravens have had like three of their running backs go down for the season oh, with like like acl tears Wow. So they're just like getting guys from wherever they can. And then one of their cornerbacks went down for the season. So they, the Ravens are just getting like destroyed with injuries.
0: So have they recruited um Mark Wahlberg yet? No, Mark Wahlberg
2: only plays in Philadelphia.
0: Philadelphia?
2: Yeah. He's, <laughs> well, he's still about, an Eagle.
0: And what about is, is Tony Danza Philadelphia only? Yeah, that was that? also Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, just, they play fast and loose in Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, they do. just anyone off the street, <laughs> bartenders, tr- garbage men, it doesn't matter. All right. I don't yeah. know why why anyone wants to play in Philly City though. They have mean fans. What?
1: City of Dreams, Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> City of Dreams, yeah.
1: And hey, what about you? What'd you What'd you do today? That's where Rudy happened too, right? <laughs> No, I don't think that one's right. Where <laughs> Sean Aston became a professional football player. No. Um, I worked, I got up at 2 30 a.m. But crack of dawn. Got ready for work. I worked for seven hours. It gave me half an hour to start building a bike because I do that. Um, but then the bike was fucked up, so I just left it half built, for <laughs> somebody else to figure out. Um, I'm not staying late anymore. And then I went over to Crystal's, we got food and stuff, just hung out, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice.
2: They uh, they call Chad the Wheel Man at Target. Mm. And He's got a nickname, yeah.
0: I am so jealous that they started doing like overnight shifts at target that's just that drives me insane that they do that now oh god why
2: you would have wanted to do that yeah
0: i would have done overnight okay because fucking getting up at 4 a.m or 5 a.m and only getting like four or five hour shifts when you could be getting longer shifts and working mm-hmm. overnight especially while it's closed while the store is closed yeah getting all those hours without customers god <laughs> anyways oh, yeah.
1: they're called guests
0: no that don't work there anymore they
2: can guess slash customers are the worst part of retail it's an inside it's it's inside, it's inside the, fact
1: it's the managers team leads okay
2: um, managers and team leads are the worst and then guests are the second
1: I mean, yeah, it depends on which one, but anyway. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I was going to say something else, but with enough target dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's um, today's theme? Oh, boy. Uh, I went, let's see, what did I do today? Somebody's scratching at the door. I don't know. It sounds, Is it Grace? No. <laughs> Grace is at work. Um, (laughs) It's, I think it's Falcor because he can't really scratch because his previous owners declawed him, so he's just like he just like pats the door Mm. over and over. But I can't tell which door he's at. Sorry, I'll be right back. All right,
2: man. Where are you,
0: buddy?
2: I'm just gonna let it record still. Mm. Oh.
0: All right, never mind. It wasn't that for. All right, it was Millie. Cats are weird. All right. Sometimes they do this thing. Whenever they go poop or pee, they'll like bury it or whatever. And
2: are they and ashamed? Sometimes, huh? Are they ashamed? I don't know. Maybe it's a probably. normal thing. Every but everyone.
0: Pooping. They they try to they try to bury it. Uh, and litter boxes but you know they're not outside so they just like pat at the side of the litter box forever Mm -hmm. um or like the litter box door thinking that they're burying their poop doesn't work like that but (laughs) but millie is weird and millie will stand at the uh little water jug because we got one of those like water bowls that um uh it's a fountain where, like, as they drink it, then it pours water into the bowl. Um, and for some reason, Millie's the only one that does this, but he'll stand there and drink the water out of the bowl and, like, dig the entire time. So it's just him digging on the floor as <laughs> as he's <laughs> drinking water for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> and that's the noise I've been hearing. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway, so... Woke up at 6... 30 uh because i have to get up at like 6 a.m now to take handsome our puppy outside otherwise he will pee inside of his crate and have to clean that up so take him out uh had to go pay rent today (laughs) which resulted in a uh great conversation with our property manager who also rents from the same landlord. And it's like, I mean, I'm not going to get into the details because you guys already know this. We put up with like so much shit that needs to be fixed and needs to be worked on with this landlord. They're not doing jack shit about like any of it. And, (laughs) and so like went to pay rent, brought this stuff up again, hoping like, Hey, you know, winter is coming up. Things need to be worked on for the house and property manager has been like nice every time i've talked to her um anyways she's just like yeah well that you know depends on she wrote it all down saying like she's gonna pass it on to landlord she's like well yeah that depends on if she's gonna pay to have it fixed and it's like it's great like it needs <laughs> to be fixed so she should pay to have it fixed yeah you and, live there you pay rent mm. yeah and i'm just like yeah, I mean, we're, we're paying rent, so we should have a house that is fixed and worked on and functional. Uh, anyways, it was just like two minutes of us, me and my property manager who works for my landlord, who also rents from my landlord, like shitting on our landlord because the landlord is awful. Uh, then we went to local coffee shop, which was nice. Uh, do you want to give them a shout out? No, I don't want to give a shout out because it's like the only one. So if, oh,
2: okay. gotcha. You know, pinpoints right. my location. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a good, that's a good.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, they have really, they have, I, I was very caffeinated already because I've started drinking coffee again recently. Uh, it's been okay. <laughs> it's been okay. Our parents got me coffee for my birthday. I haven't had like, I haven't made coffee in like a year, (laughs) but they got me coffee. So I was like, all right, I'll start making coffee again. Um, But yeah, I was very caffeinated. So I went with a frozen hot chocolate, which was very good. It's just like a frappe kind of blended drink, but it's hot chocolate. Anyways, really good. Did that. Uh, I took one of the dogs on a walk. Uh, That's been nice. I've been going on walks it's very helpful clears your head yeah you know Definitely. anyways uh that's the vlog for today nice um captain's log yeah all right so let's let's jump into to talking about stuff um who wants to go first with with what you've watched or been up to recently been into
1: I will talk about Shadow and Bone. Um, I think we had talked about everybody watching it together when it first came out on Netflix, but, you know, plans fall through, people are busy into other things. I wasn't very interested, honestly. People change. Um, But then watching it, well, I mean, I was like, I was somewhat interested, but it was that thing of, like, oh, another new Netflix show, another new, like, you know, YA, you know, adapted show. Like, is this going to be good at all? I don't know. But it's, like, it's pretty great, um, turns out. I'm four episodes in. Um, I, I'm not sure how long the season is, but for anybody who doesn't know, it's, I believe, is it adapted, Jonathan, Dino from a... Uh, young adult
0: yeah it's um it's a trilogy written by leigh bardugo is the author okay and i think she has like two uh duologies that are also in the same universe so i think they're like combining um the trilogy and then like one of the duologies
1: cool so it's yeah
0: so like the trilogy i think focused on a like one group of characters and then two books focused on this other set of characters. And I think for the TV show, they're just like combining it and making it run parallel. Well,
1: cool. Yeah, if, if that's the case, then I definitely think it's working. Um, Cause it's the kind of thing of where it's like, yeah, these different groups doing different things. And then they slowly seem to be like, eventually gonna collide. Um, man, it's gonna be really interesting to see how, see all how that happen. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to say about it. I guess just set it up is like, it's this sort of turn of the century-ish, like pseudo-European continent or whatever. It seems to be kind of a mix of like, there are people with British accents and then a lot of it is like Eastern European or even Russian, like accents and culture vibes with like the... It's like the clothing and stuff like that um, and like the architecture um and basically like the whole continent is divided by this magical wall of shadow that has like terrible monsters in it that kill everybody who passes through um so, yeah, like, imagine the wall from Game of Thrones made of ice, but it's, like, this swirling, stormy wall of, like, magical death and monsters. And, like, it's just fucked up the whole continent politically and, like, economically. And um, there are other, like, it was created, I don't know, this isn't really a spoiler, it's kind of in the setup, it was created by a really powerful, like, a uh, magic user like a couple of centuries ago, and there are other types of these magic users, they're called uh Grishas. Um, and it's kind of elemental, it's like they're ones who do more fire stuff, they're ones who do more air stuff, they're called squallers. Um, and there are like one's called heart renders which is like emotional mind control they have really cool names um and yeah the the wall thing the shadow wall was created by a shadow sorcerer um i forget what their shadow summoner might be their thing their name anyway they're really rare um and then so The main character, the protagonist is this girl who's like, um, she's like half Asian, half white or whatever. But in that world's version of that, I forget, I think it's called the Asian, like people in countries are called the shoe, I think. And they say, oh, this girl's half shoe. And she's like an orphan who lives in the, like the white part of the world. So she's kind of shunned because they've been at war with the Asian-type country for a long time. And there's this prophecy of, like, eventually a Sun Summoner, like, a light magic user is going to be born, and they're going to end the wall, like, the shadow wall. It's called the Fold. Um, But there's never been a Sun Summoner in, like, living memory. And then, of course, you know, the protagonist is the prophecy Sun Summoner. she discovers, and then it, it's like her learning that, training that, and then all the implications of that. Um, yeah, so that's the main setup. And then there's like her group and that's like based with the army, um, cause she was like a cartographer in the army on one side of this wall. Um, and then she has like a best friend slash potential love interest, which, um, I really like the casting and the acting and writing. It's, like, really good. It, I think a lot of this stuff can be really lame and shitty and, like, shallow. But I feel like they really handled it really well. Um, and then what's his face from um, the Narnia, Prince Caspian, the dude, from Westworld? dude from Westworld. He's yeah. really cool in it. He's, um, like one of the only shadow sorcerers of the modern era. And he's like the descendant of the dude who created the fold. And they're kind of like shunned, but he has risen in rank to be the general of like one of these armies, like he's the leader. So like nobody fucks with this guy and he's super cool. Um, and then he becomes kind of a potential love interest for the protagonist. So maybe they're, uh, they're kind of doing a love triangle thing, but again, I feel like there's sometimes when those stories get like nailed really well, like they work for me. Like, I know Outlander is another example of this where I haven't watched all of it, but from everything I watched, like the first few episodes, and from what I can tell, it seems to be handled really well. Where it's not this like lame, shitty, like sexual fantasy of some (laughs) TV. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Twilight. It's not. You know one of these lame versions of a YA thing to me it's handled really well um anyway I don't know if you guys have any questions or I can just keep going on things I like or whatever how long has the fold been around like a few hundred years I think. okay
2: okay I wasn't sure if it was like you said generations I I guess yeah. I wasn't sure if it was just like a couple decades or but it's been like hundreds of years
1: I think so, yeah. So it's
2: just like this kind of like known and accepted thing like in everyday life? Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I guess like the Berlin Wall or the Great Wall of China. It's like a, you know, it comes from the real world and, you know, the like historical, political like implications of that are, I guess, you know i'm assuming that's what the author is drawing from and then telling a fantasy version of that story um yeah
2: okay i can like i can watch watch it to get this answer but i mean if you're already talking about it does does the wall like is there stuff on the other side of the wall or is it just like it covers everything and there's like you don't know what's beyond it or can you like cross between it like to the other side
1: yeah so it only covers like it's like a few miles like thick but then i think okay it's like the whole continent so yeah it's like everything on the other side is like the rest of the country okay so like one of the groups that we're following is on the other side ah cool it's it's that's really cool yeah it's really cool um because like you see the different, like, types of, um, like, people who live in this world, like, you see, like, the other group, one of the other groups is, um, this group of criminals who live in a big city, and so it's, like, the underbelly, um, of this city, and, you know, it's, like, I guess the, the wall fucking up the economy, like, impacts that more, so it's, like, you know you see the implications of this stuff in the world and I I think the world building is really well like thought out and stuff like I don't know I'm trying to think of another example of like a YA thing where they're like magic users and it doesn't feel very like naturalistic the way they're incorporated in the world but this feels like I feel like they did a really good job in thinking out all of the like the history and the culture of how these people would be treated and then like the perspectives and the attitudes and all that kind of stuff just feels like a a step up from, or a few steps up from your typical like YA or like fantasy thing. You know what I mean? You guys have to watch it to see what I mean, but yeah, I'm really liking it. So
0: yeah, I, I watched the first episode and I was like super impressed by it. like every for everything you just mentioned like all the reasons i think like the writing's good i think the acting's really good like they did a great job with casting yeah and something that i really appreciate about the casting is like they have a like diverse multi-ethnic cast like as the leads as most of the leads yeah um which like super appreciate that yeah and then yeah i was i mean i saw like the trailers i haven't read the books um i was a little worried about the i forget the guy's name uh i think it's kaz maybe um the leader of like the crows the criminal um
1: oh okay yeah
0: i think like i was a little worried whenever i saw the trailer i was like oh this guy looks like a little hokey like he could be a little over the top but then like once i saw the episode and actually saw his performance i thought he was great yeah um and then it's a i looked it up it's eight episodes for the season um and like i was super impressed at least by what i saw in the first episode by the visuals and the effects like yeah And then, like, just the world building, the costumes, the world design, everything. Yeah. Like, it's all really impressive. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes, yeah, these, like, Netflix or Amazon, you know, these shows, or just in general, like, like, the art direction and the budget aren't really there, you know? And this one, it feels like, I don't know what the budget was, but, like, the art direction at least is super strong. Um, yeah, with just like all of the military uniforms feel super like drawn from real life and like the Prussian vibe and the, but then you have the sort of like turn of the century, London mixed with like, I don't know, some more maybe Paris vibes with certain things like it's a little bit more metropolitan or I don't know, cosmopolitan more of a melting pot with cultures they have like you know some of the like shoe the asian like cultural influence and then one of the leads is uh i'm not sure exactly what the right term is you know like i guess the right correct term is asian as in southeast asian you know like middle eastern um i don't want to say indian because that might be wrong you know what i mean Obviously, I don't know what her exact ethnicity is, but anyway, they have like some of her cultural influence, and yeah, like the city and stuff where she comes from um yeah, I think like there are two moments um'm that I had in mind of like, I don't know if you care guys care about spoilers
0: not really i I don't mind,
1: okay. One of them is I'm blanking on right now, but the other one is like it's those moments where it's like you expect you like you expect the the events to unfold in a way that is like that sticks to tropes a little bit more when you're like, okay, it's really well done, but it's still probably gonna stick to tropes where you're like, but what if they actually did this thing like that would make it?" that would like elevate it a level above that. And so the one that I'm remembering right now is uh, like um, the like best friend slash love interest character to the protagonist girl um, is going out on this hunt for this like legendary creature. Um, It's this like giant elk with these like crazy circle antlers. Um, It's supposed to be like, a mythical beast with some kind of magical, like, um, I don't know, powers or else just like properties. I don't know. But anyway, like him and two of his friends go out on this hunting mission um, for certain reasons. And then they're supposed to like hunt it and kill it and take it to like their commanding officers or like it's supposed to be a trophy for like the king of this land and whoever like kills this mythical beast and can actually bring it to the king is gonna like get a visit to the palace and shit and get like the royal treatment for a few days or whatever and anyway him and his two friends go out in like the ice like the freezing forest um and they're like getting closer to thinking maybe they're gonna find it but then they get attacked by like assassins or soldiers who are like just hiding out there and it's like it gets super violent and like and the action is another thing where it's like whenever people are like fighting and fist fighting a lot of it feels pretty like grounded you know um like except for the people with the powers and stuff but beyond that it's like it's not shitty like everyone knows Kung Fu. It's like, oh, this looks like stuff that some Prussian like military dude would use. And then they are like show him stabbing a dude in the chest and it gets a little bit Saving Private Ryan was like nailing that knife in to make sure it sticks and focusing on that, where I feel like a lot of YA, YA stuff wouldn't do that. So I appreciated that. But then, so like the, all these dudes attack and it's kind of like an up and down of, are they gonna live? Are they gonna win? Yada, yada. And then both of his friends die. And then at the end, and he's the only one who survives. He gets shot and he's like super fucked up. And he kills the rest of the bad guys or whatever. His two best friends die on this stupid like like quest for glory, right? And then at the end of that scene, I'm like, you know what would be crazy? Is if this mythical beast showed up right now, just as this is like beautiful storytelling thing. of like they went out to hunt it. And then it shows up at the end of this. And I'm like, that would be so cool, but they're not gonna do that. And then they do it, like that happens. And it's like that thing of where, you know, it's like certain moments in other shows where it's like, they take it to places where it, like I said, it elevates it above, just like, it defies your expectations or you're like, your expectations of tropey, like, oh, it's gonna fall into this pattern. And whenever it breaks that pattern to do the thing that, like, elevates it again, I get really, like, I really appreciate that, you know, whenever things surprise you or break that pattern and do it in, like, a strong storytelling way. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of rambling, but, like, I'm trying to, like, express why I like this show so much. Um, And that's just, like, one example, I can think of. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. It's from what i've seen i've only seen one episode but i loved the first episode i just got
1: distracted
0: by you know a bunch of other things but yeah it was amazing um yeah for people who aren't uh familiar that's on netflix it's netflix show i think it i think it already got renewed for season two cool Uh, i feel like it did uh Anything else to say on that, or Jimbo, you got any other questions?
1: Um, I mean, there's more specific stuff, but uh, I feel like y'all would have to have seen it for us to like have an actual dialogue about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can do that if you watch more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really strong on a lot of different fronts. Super into it. Yeah. All right. Uh, jimbo
0: do you want to go with something yeah i just have two shows
2: that like i'll talk about um kristen and i started watching i just jumped in she's seen the other seasons of sex education i think it's called on yeah. um, on netflix and so i jumped in with season three and i've actually been like pleasantly surprised at first it was just kind of watching it while it was background noise for me while i was working on other stuff but then i like kept looking up from what yeah. i was doing yeah And i was like getting more and more into it like invested in the characters and what was going on uh, but i guess the basic premise and again i haven't seen the first two seasons of it this is just what i've gathered through like what's happening in season three is that this kid in his uh high school i guess it's set in england i mean they just seem like british kids yeah um and like a like a prep school they're not in college yet it seems kind of different from our version of a high school like here in the states a little bit but like that same age group uh he becomes like the the sexpert on his school's like campus and people start coming to him for advice and stuff and then this girl that he has a crush on and I think falls in love with, like she's somehow involved in it too. Um, but season three picks up with like him and this, this girl Maeve, uh, they've like stopped giving advice to the rest of the school on like sex advice. And so now there's like this gap that other people are trying to fill and like becoming like the sex expert um, on the school. And it's just a lot of like, really good funny like teen drama that actually has a lot of like heart and feeling to it as well and like that's the best kind of teen comedy or, or show is that like there is actual feeling involved and i think that all of the actors have been doing really good jobs with it being heartfelt with it being funny and to me it seems like the kind of show that i would expect to just have like half hour episodes but it's been like an hour long comedy mm-hmm. drama and there's like actually a lot of stuff that happens in each episode and i've been impressed by that and the i'm not familiar with most of the people in it but uh Jillian or is it Gillian Anderson yeah yeah is is the main character's mom on the show and i think she's a therapist and maybe she used to work at the school too like that was kind of like unclear from season 3 so <laughs> yeah. far um but yeah she's just published a book about like like uh how teenagers are dealing with sex, specifically looking at that school that her son goes to, and it's been really controversial, so they're dealing with a lot of fallout from that, so she's in it, and she's been really good in everything that I've seen with her, and she's uh she's kind of reconnecting with an old flame of hers again, I haven't seen the other seasons mm-hmm. and, and then. Again, I'm spoiling everything for people that like this show and haven't started watching season three, so you can stop listening if you haven't started season three. Season three, but uh, Jemima Kirk shows up in season three uh, oh. from, gr- from Girls, and she she's cast, like, what they do with her character is really clever. She's, like, playing against your expectations a lot, so she's she's the, the new, like, headmistress of this school. And it's Jemima Kirk, so she's, like, really hip and fashionable and seems like she gets along with the kids really well. But her character is actually, like, really conservative and institutes all of these really, like, um, I mean, we would think of them as being, like, outdated ideas about, um, like, strict gender differentiation between students and, like, making them wear uniforms and stuff. So you expect her to show up and be, like, the cool teacher, headmistress person who's, like, really, like, hip and flexible and understanding of the students, but she's actually, like, super strict. And it's, like, you want to like her because you like the actress, but her character's doing shit that's, like, re- you're really, like, having moral, like, ethical problems with, with how controlling she's trying to be over people and, like, limit their uh, personal freedom. So I thought it's I thought it's really interesting like it's intriguing what they do with that character. But I'm only 5 or so episodes into season 3. I don't know if I'm going to go back and rewatch the other seasons cuz it's a lot of commitment for me to do something like that. But um I've gotten really like invested in in this season and I'm enjoying it a lot. I don't know if you guys have watched any of it or like have any questions or have heard anything about it, but
0: yeah, it's been really uh, good. Yeah, Grace was really, I mean, Grace is really into it. Um, she had seen season one back when it came out, and then uh, season two came out, and she wanted to watch it, but it was like one of those shows I was interested in, so she was like, All right, well, let's watch season one and then we can go into season two. Um, but we never made it through season one just because, again, it was like watching so many things yeah it just got left behind but yeah it's something i i really liked um because i think we watched like three or four episodes from season one so yeah uh gillian or jillian anderson i feel like she uses jillian even though it's spelled the same as like gillian jacobs you know but i think for some reason she does jillian um might be wrong about that. But yeah, she's Asa Butterfield. Isn't that his name? The actor? Oh my God, is that game? him? Yeah. Kinder oh Viggins. God,
2: that's him. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, she's, she's his mom. She's a sex therapist. Uh, and he's supposed to be this like socially awkward teenager. But she's like a very open parent like you know shares everything and like doesn't want him to be ashamed of anything that kind of thing So like he's learned a lot from her regarding sex therapy so that's kind of like why people come to him because Maeve finds out about that I think and then she realizes like what he's doing by listening to like a conversation between him and somebody else who needs help and she's like, oh, you can provide this to people. So she's like, the social one who can set up the uh, like therapy sessions and like work the school, and that's why she like gets involved and in everything. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I only I only saw a few episodes of season one. Uh, we're finishing up psych, so we needed something to something new to watch. So uh, Grace started season two. So I'm actually like just jumped into season two, which I'm half paying attention to, but it is, like you said, it's like one of those things that just, when you pay attention to it, it draws you in. And like, really good, really good comedy, really good drama, really good, like coming of age drama stuff. And it handles all of that like teenager stuff, you know, emotional growth and everything that you're dealing with at that time handles it really well. Um, which is yeah super like refreshing to see um and then yeah i was surprised that it is like a hour-long drama that actually has enough meat on its bones yeah yeah. able to actually you know have this the sustenance and um withstand like hold up you know as an hour-long drama um yeah and i didn't
2: you started explaining it a little bit better because I think you've seen more but I didn't explain it well earlier. That's another one of like the ironic like kind of comedic things about the show is that the kid is like pretty awkward isn't like a model or anything I don't think he's had that much like sexual sexual experience but because he has all this knowledge like from his mom and like conversations he's had with her because he does have like a level of comfort in discussing sex then like this kind of awkward, kid um that's like not really popular ends up becoming like the sexpert to all of these other kids on campus so it's like the person you would least expect ends up becoming like the voice of yeah like sex therapy or counseling to uh, to his peers but it's been good so far like from everything that i've seen yeah.
1: john has to go let the dogs out. Mm, mm, mm. Do, you, do you know what I'm referencing? No. Oh, all right. Mm. It's lost on me.
0: Okay. All right. Had to let the dogs out finally answered that <laughs> eight-year-old question <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> validation all right, all right. Oh, God. All chad right. T- uh, totally pretended he didn't know what i was talking about
0: yeah uh, did you did you wrap up on sex education or were you like still
2: going uh i think i'm done yeah
0: yeah it's like <sighs> everything we said, like all the good stuff about it, but it handles like drama so well. Um, it's, I think I talked about, I talked about Dairy Girls before and it it is one of those shows that reminds me of like Dairy Girls and Freaks and Geeks a lot of like, I think yeah. it kind of nails that like teenage experience and kind of distills it into, um like a really good dramedy uh form yeah i haven't seen
2: dairy girls i feel like freaks and geeks is a really good comparison just think of like another cultures version of freaks and geeks and then also it's on netflix so they can be like a little bit more crass like it's more of like an r-rated version of freaks and geeks so there's a little bit more freedom there too but yeah i feel like that's a good comparison for it. all
0: right well i let the dogs out and the dogs like to uh bark right outside the window where i'm recording yeah so if you hear that in the background that's that's what's up um did you guys have any any other stuff you wanted to talk about
2: I can talk about the O.A. and then switch over to you if you like have stuff to cover. Okay, sure. All right. So I've been also been watching the O.A. with Kristen. Uh, she introduced that one to me as well. It's one of her favorite shows from I think the past handful of years. So she was really like excited to rewatch it. And I'm going to spoil parts of it talking about it. I've seen all of season one. I've seen the premiere of season two. So I don't know anything beyond that. So like you guys have seen it don't talk to me beyond uh, that point in the story um but it's about this woman named prairie who was there's a lot of mystery surrounding it like she was abducted or she ran away but suddenly after like seven years or five to seven years i can't remember exactly how long uh she reappears and then she has these like really strange scars on her back, but you don't get to see them until like pretty deep into this season, like what they actually are. Um, And then she, she jumps off a bridge like at the beginning of the, the first episode. And you don't know like if she was trying to kill herself or if she, if she was like, fleeing from someone it was like kind of desperate like what was she doing by like jumping into the water like jumping off this bridge uh but she um she survives the fall and then she is reunited with her um her family that uh adopted her whenever she was really young and so the show starts off as Seeming like this very grounded drama of a person who's experienced like an abduction. Um, Possibly they were like tortured, physically harmed. They may have been like sexually abused. That isn't really cleared up for a while. It's kind of left ambiguous. So it's like a trauma, like survivor coming back home after being gone for a long time and trying to kind of reconnect with their family and become a normal person again and kind of fit back in with society. And so you see a lot of quirks in her behavior and her trying to cope with these new surroundings and trying to get comfortable again. And that's what I thought the show was going to be for a while. But then it takes some really unexpected turns and gets into a lot of stuff dealing with. Uh, supernatural elements and then uh, the afterlife and spirituality and it becomes it becomes something of a a rescue storyline because there were there were other people that she was like captive with that didn't escape and she wants to like get back and save them but she can't just go to the police because her story is like so unbelievable that no one would take her seriously You'd probably just think that she's an insane person so she has to go about rescuing like her friends that were uh were left behind and uh really like strange like unexpected ways and she ends up recruiting a bunch of like kids in the neighborhood to help her do this and as she's recruiting them to help her she's also giving them her backstory. So each episode kind of has this structure where she's telling these kids her backstory and it's kind of like campfire story vibes to it, which is really cool with the storytelling. Um, So you have that past storyline of her experience in captivity and then the present storyline with her trying to figure out how to like save her friends. And it's just this really good like interplay between those two different storylines. And then it just like, It goes to really, really cool places. And I'm trying to think of good things to compare it to. I could maybe think of like the leftovers with some of the ideas of like spirituality that it ties in and like choosing your own family kind of feeling to it. And then sometimes it feels like a a more mature stranger things with like the kids kind of stepping up to be the heroes of a story and like banding together and having like a teen, like a a Goonies stranger things feel to it sometimes, but just with like more violent stakes to it, like more, it feels more adult or more mature than that in a lot of ways. Um, but I really like, I really got into the first season. I think it's one of the coolest things I've seen in the past few years. And I'm just starting season two, uh, it came out a couple of years ago. I don't think they're planning to make a season 3. Um but yeah, I've been watching that lately and been getting into it.
0: Dope. Um Yeah, I've heard about it a lot over the years. I just never I never knew anything really like as much as you just said. I didn't know all that. So that's has me way more interested than anything I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> it. Um yeah I really want to watch that now.
2: I think that um give it I think give it two to three episodes like at least two episodes and then see if it like hooks you enough because I've I mean I've given a lot of the broad like strokes of the storyline but there's so many like really important specific things that I didn't mention at all that you don't need to feel like I spoiled too much of it. Um I really think that you could jump in just with what i've told you and there there are a lot of different layers to the story and i feel like it is a really rewarding watch as well as you learn more and more with every episode about like what happened to her and her plan to kind of go back for these people so to
0: speak yeah um that's on netflix right
2: yeah that's on netflix
0: all right so it's two seasons on netflix yeah two
2: seasons on netflix the main character is played by Britt Marling, who I can't remember seeing her in anything else. I probably have, but she's really good in it. Um, I think one of the other characters was in *The Place Beyond the Pines* as one of the um the kids that like grows up in like the second part of that movie. Oh, okay. I think I think it was the the, the guy that plays like Bradley Cooper's son in that.
0: Yeah, his like, young Marlon Brando. <laughs>
2: whatever that guy that (laughs) guy forget his
0: name but i know who
2: you're talking okay you know what i'm talking about okay he's in it and then um the guy that played herschel on the walking dead Mm. he's in that as um the her main character's father like adopted adopted father and then uh jason isaac or is it isaac's
0: isaacs yeah
2: lucius malfoy he's in it and like a pretty yeah. important role um, so there are people that you'll recognize in it and yeah they i think they all just do a really yeah good job
0: with their performances yeah. i was gonna say i think the only thing i know Britt marley from like i've seen her like i know she's in a lot of other stuff a lot of like smaller independent type stuff But I think the only thing I've actually seen her in is Community, (laughs) where she plays the friend of Britta who thinks Britta's a lesbian and uh, Britta thinks that she's a lesbian. So they're like, oh, I have a I have a gay friend, you know, no big deal. But then they like (sighs) they go to the dance together, thinking that they're being like super progressive with their gay friend. But then they're like, yeah, this sounds vaguely familiar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) if it's if it's like season one through four
0: i think it's i think it's one or two season one or two
2: okay then i had to have seen it okay that sounds like <laughs> a familiar storyline Ha,
0: that's great yeah that's the only thing i recognize we're from okay um oh shit okay we're good i think it's about to storm here but i gotta get the dogs in in a second but they want to be outside so okay you just let uh, me know we gotta make that move yeah all right the, so
2: the dogs in uh
0: so i have a lot of stuff that i think i'm just gonna like list off you know that thing again um let's see what have i been into lately uh better call Saul season two or a couple episodes in fucking goddamn great show <laughs> like it just, I know you haven't seen season two, right, Jimbo? Okay. It's just driving me insane that I, like, took this long to watch this show because it's so good. It's And it's like, you know, I know, Chad, I think you've, you've voiced this concern in the past of, like, well, Breaking Bad's, like, perfect. Why would I want to touch it? And it's like, Better Call Saul is a worthy... Successor side story thing. It's like so fucking good. So, if you're, if you have that like concern that you don't want to touch Breaking Bad, like just do it because I am finding like every second of the show just so good, so like satisfying to watch after all these years away from Breaking Bad. I don't know. It's just, it's nailing it. So, I'm excited to watch more of it still in the early episodes of season two. Uh, What else? Uh, Grace and I started Daredevil season one. Um, Grace hasn't watched any of that. She hasn't seen any of the Netflix Marvel shows, Uh, but I talked about Daredevil season three and I was like, well, I want to go back to uh, rewatch all this stuff. So rewatching it. Um, also watching The Punisher. I just finished The Punisher season one, <laughs> and I did kind of the same thing I did with Daredevil season three, where I would like fast forward through shit I didn't care about because like like my big complaint with these shows is John Bernthal. Yeah, John Bernthal. Uh, no, I love John. Bernthal. Okay, I just get. I think he's
1: good as Punisher. <laughs> All right. um,
0: but my big complaint is like. You're making these 12, 13 episode seasons, and you're making the episodes 50 minutes long, just like fuck, there's so much, so much stuff I don't care about. And like watching a Punisher, I just finished season one of Punisher. There's just like so much boring CIA agent operative, like not operative, but like just fucking bureaucracy shit of like office jobs and like people above people and like well this thing behind the scenes is like fuck i don't want to see this man like just put frank castle in the streets you know shooting (laughs) shooting people like uh what's the john wick no not like john wick i was thinking what's the um oh god the old the old uh like 70s charlton what's his name no is it charles is it bronson charles Charles bronson Bronson. What? yeah Um,
2: fuck death Death, wish death wish okay Yeah, yeah that's the thing
0: i'm just like i want like a six episode season like 30 40 minute max episodes just with like punisher hunting down mafia people or something that's all i want out of the punisher like you don't have to make this super nuanced thing that doesn't work half the time <laughs> um anyways yeah so finish that watching daredevil season one grace is liking it more than i expected so i'm like all right this is cool and rewatching it season one is really good um uh yeah so that stuff uh I've been reading the Daredevil, like the recent Daredevil run, the comics run um, by Chip Zdarsky, which is really cool. Uh, Has really good art. I forget who the artist is, but the art is great. And like, I'm only a couple issues in, but it has a cool premise of like, Daredevil's super precise with like the way that he takes people down, you know, and like injures them like criminals puts them out of commission um but he doesn't kill he has like a you know no kill rule like batman um but somebody one of these guys that he takes out like ends up dying and he's like well what happened you know was it me because i got injured i haven't been crime fighting am i off my game or am i being framed because kingpin is like mayor now you know and he's trying to put away superheroes um so it's been pretty cool because it's like him having that kind of like crisis of conscious thing of like well did i kill somebody did i actually do this um and like trying to investigate every route of uh finding out if he did it or if somebody's framing him um so that's good I will be right back. I have to let the dogs in. It is storming outside.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. I'll pause it. Yep. All right. Got the dogs
0: in. Uh, thundering and lightning. It was. It was a, a sprint, man. I just had to. Got, I got handsome in. Handsome's no problem. Handsome bolts to the door. He wants to go inside all the time. (laughs) Digby's a fucking stubborn old man who will go to the farthest corner away from from the house and he has to be bribed with treats to come back. Even in a
2: storm? Even in in a storm, it
0: was sprinkling and lightning and thundering. And like as I was getting him in, the rain started pouring. And then it was, like, lightning a ton and thundering real loud. Come on, Digby. Dumb sometimes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the the recent Daredevil run is pretty cool so far. Um, I've also been reading Bleach, the manga, (laughs) uh, which has been really fun. I'm only, I'm, like, 30 chapters in. Uh, which is not a lot because it has like 600 chapters or something. Um, but yeah, it's really fun so far because it's still in that like early stages of a shonen manga, you know, like a battle manga, teenage boy battle manga. Thing. <laughs> um, where it's like not all power levels, like the world is still being explained um you have like a lot of comedy like really funny comedy stuff between characters um yeah so it's pretty pretty fun so far I will say it's like very dated and it's very like boy written for boys um for for heterosexual teenage boys um so, yeah, not not for everybody, but it's still kind of fun. Um, I don't know. It's just fun reading, like, a really f- famous manga that I haven't read before. Uh, What else? Red Rising, the book Red Rising. I don't know how much I've told you guys about it, but that's really good. Um, it's the first book in a... I think it's like a I think it's a six book series of two trilogies, um, and the final book is coming out next year or something. But yeah, that's really good. If you don't know anything about it, it's like um, it follows this character named Darrow who lives on Mars. It's like a couple hundred years in the future. Uh, the like solar system has been terraformed and people are living on different planets and moons and stuff. Darrow is this uh, teenage boy who lives on Mars who is a hell diver who um, like drills for minerals and like vital resources that they need on Mars to supposedly terraform the surface and make it into a livable world for Um, the human race as you find out that's not the case (laughs) exactly (laughs) and there's a lot of shit going on um i don't want to spoil everything but it's like it's really really interesting um it's really good it's it's written in the first person so um so it has kind of this like immediacy to everything um but it's also it's also like one of the frustrations for me because and that was one of my frustrations with the uh, name of the wind is like the first person stuff because when you're writing as like a first person 16 year old or whatever like teenagers are fucking annoying so so it feels like it's one of those things i don't feel great like criticizing the author for because they have to like be true to a 16 year old and 16 year old boys are fucking dumb and <laughs> like think dumb shit and i don't mean that just in like a you know like a sexist way of like they want to bone every girl inside or whatever but just like you know um kind of like impulse control and like thoughts and you know not being um not being like grateful for anything and kind of entitled and that thing so i think it's you know maybe it is like a good representation of a teenage boy but that's it's frustrating to read that stuff for me because it's just god i hate hearing these entitled thoughts from (laughs) snotty kids um yeah but yeah it's really good uh god without getting into the details i just read like four chapters that are like body horror centric in like a really fucked up weird sci-fi way um and i was thinking like how would you ever adapt this into a live action movie because i just don't understand because like um there's like a, the like civilization on earth is like a color-based class system of like golds are the highest reds are the lowest. There's like a gray, green, pink. Um, I forget the other colors in between, but like reds are the lowest of the low. They're the hell divers, the miners, the ones that get all the resources for the golds, the golds are the top, uh, and they're like, you know, they've like bred out flaws and their genetics and all this stuff and, um, all this stuff over centuries. So they're supposed to be like super, almost like superhumans. Like if you imagine like Captain America is every single, <laughs> uh, gold and they're supposed to be like you know, absolutely flawless, able to do all this stuff, super strength, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I'm just, I'm going to spoil something here. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I will get into spoilers. They're taking this red teenager who is like a tall, scrawny dude. And they, over the course of like a year, over these like four chapters they turn him into a gold and it's just them like fucking tearing apart his body piece by piece and building his body into this like superhuman like god kind of figure
1: (laughs) and it goes like
0: really in detail like graphic detail and it's like this is a hardcore. <laughs> like, yeah, that's cool. I kind of expected like a like a young adult novel thing. Like this is messed up, but in like a really cool, gruesome sci-fi way.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like some of my favorite stuff from the Halo books. Is like them creating the Spartans and like how fucked up it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah,
0: there's ah there's so much good stuff it's it's a really good book mm-hmm. i don't have much more to say about <laughs> it but i've i'm not like a big crier when it comes to books the only books i've cried reading are david mitchell books like cloud atlas and thousand autumns of jacob de those are the only books i've cried reading and this book like has made me cry twice already damn and it's a book or a graphic novel it's a book it's a book okay yeah it's a book series but there is like i think there's a graphic novel prequel series or something um yeah it's super good first book from what i know is like more young adult geared uh but i hear that it gets like very adult like game of thrones level um with like The content but also uh the writing and everything kind of like takes a couple step steps up over um the next few books from what i hear cool um anyways that's all that stuff i have some movies to talk about if you guys are good to listen to me ramble
1: yeah sure talk
0: about some stuff all right so first up I'll just mention this because I don't have much to say about it. Uh, but Grace had never seen Office Space. So we watched Office Space the other day. Office Space is great. <laughs> it's like... It holds,
1: it holds up.
0: It holds up, especially... God, if you... Oh, man. Like, like as an adult. Watching it as an adult, it's yeah, it's so different from just like watching it as a comedy movie as a teenager. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, still hilarious. Um, you know, it's I mean, it's one of those things that I'm sure like so many people listening are already familiar. They've already seen it. So don't really need to like sing the praises. Um, I will say two things that bothered me, but, you know, I still really enjoyed it. But two things that bother me are. There's a lot of, like, homophobia in that movie um, with, like, different... They don't say the F-word slur for gay people. They don't say that. But there are a lot of, like, homophobic insults kind of throughout the movie. So that was something that really bugged me. And, like, you know, the constant jokes and, like, you know, the threat of prison rape and stuff like hanging over their head and that kind of humor yeah. that stuff was yeah like very dated very not funny it does not hold up <laughs>
1: yeah I hate um, that.
0: and then yeah and then the other thing was um this is something that bothers me i'm not sure if it's something that bothers everybody maybe it's just personal thing but um like the use of rap music you know for um say like middle class white people uh is i don't know it's just something that's always bugged me especially recently um of using it kind of as like a um i don't know it kind of like is supposed to add add something to it add this like um, air like kind of like air of violence or like dangerousness, you know, to characters or scenes, like they use it, um, to good effect for like humor purposes multiple times. Um, but it's one of those things that really bugs me, um, especially as an adult. I've just seen. I don't know seeing like white people who kind of build their personality around uh rap music and like art created by black artists and stuff I don't know it's one of those things that gets to me like like, like there's a great the great joke in the opening of uh, of Michael Michael <laughs> Michael Bolton um listening to rap music in his car and then there's like a I think there's either a homeless black guy or he's like a newspaper salesman guy on the median you know and he's like rapping along to this rap song and then he sees the black guy and he locks the car doors and turns (laughs) the volume down and it's like yeah that's you know good use of that there's like commentary there yeah and then like the constant use of rap music over like white people doing like mundane shit is just i don't know it just rubs me the wrong way i don't know what about the printer scene The printer scene, well, the printer scene, you have to, you know, point out that Samir is there, so it's not only white people, it it also includes a man of, I don't know, whatever ethnicity he is, it's not just white people, but that's kind of one of, yeah, that's kind of the thing that I'm getting at, is like, it's often used as like a indication of like violence or like threat like i don't know it's do you get what i'm saying yeah i mean
2: so like having samir in there like legitimizes the use of it
0: no i don't think that it really
2: does but i mean like they're that's what they're trying to do is by like using samir in that way then it legitimizes like playing this music these white people are like reacting to
0: i don't think i don't
2: think that it even does though like but that do you think that's what they were trying to do though, no i don't think that's what, what they're asking. trying. Oh, okay i think
0: i think this was you know i don't remember when this came out i know it was a 90s movie and i think this was definitely like a trailblazer um in terms of comedy and like tone and stuff and like definitely um was like a tastemaker and lots of people probably you know just followed this and tried to follow the formula and everything um so no I don't really think it legitimized it but the thing is it wasn't like an established uh trope at that point so it was like a new thing. I can see it I can absolutely see it coming out being the first of its kind to like make this joke or do this thing, and it works totally works hundred percent, yeah the time it comes out, <laughs> yeah. but nowadays, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna rub me the wrong way whenever like white characters and even Samir being there, you know throw on a rap song just to like have this scene of taking out all of their aggression and like tying rap music to like aggression. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a thing that you see so much in um, film and TV, especially with like, middle-class suburbanite white people you'll see that joke of oh there's this white woman like you know good girls probably did it i i'm assuming <laughs> i cannot say that but it's that kind of thing of like oh it's a white person but they're listening to rap music the juxtaposition is a joke itself and it's like. <laughs> uh...
2: The, What's but the, the, joke? the 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 example you mentioned from like the beginning of the movie where the guy like rolls up his windows or whatever and gets scared by seeing a black person like that's yes. an actual joke like that is yeah exactly that's a good case of you yeah of using the juxtaposition and, and like commenting on the hypocrisy like in exactly in the, like, yeah. against, think, in his behavior
1: yeah i think the whole thing you're saying is like yeah using it as like like it's some crazy weird like other thing beside like outside of I guess the more mainstream or like what we usually see and it's like yeah it's like I don't know what term exactly to use for that but it's like it's not exactly cultural appropriation it's like Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the term for that would be exactly, but I see what you're saying where it's like, yeah, it's it's this other thing outside of like normal life where it's like, it makes by doing that, doing that, it's like, okay, the people who make it and stuff and where that's their normal, like, form of expression and their, like, culture, like, you don't see them in these movies and stuff, and so yeah, it's just uses this like outside thing of, mm-hmm. of what mainstream is, and it's like it's just as a punchline to like yeah. it's the punchline in our world. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, like they're the the product of that culture becomes the punchline. Yeah, like it becomes yeah. it's like it becomes like an othering thing.
1: Yeah, even and if it becomes like, the
2: punchline, yeah. even
1: if it's not making fun of it, it's like it's still used in a comedic way, I guess. Like, like use, like that's the key word is it's being used for like comedy, whereas it probably wasn't made for that. I guess. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's it's just one of those things that really bugs me whenever I see it in movies and TV and Like I said, I can see this, you know, uh, Mike Judge wrote and directed this, right? I think so. Uh, Yeah, and I can just see this, you know, as like a 90s movie, totally knocking everybody out. Like, wow, where did this come from? Whoa, what is he doing here? (laughs) Like, yeah, but just watching it nowadays and like having the knowledge of everything that came after everything that came before i don't know just it's stuff that bugs me yeah um yeah but everything else i think like removing that removing that and also like i mean you can't really ignore the like homophobic joke kind of stuff that's in there um so that stuff bugs me but i think all the other stuff, all the other jokes and like acting and writing are just so good and so funny that I was still very pleased and surprised by seeing it as an adult and like how much it resonated with me. Anyways, Office Space, good movie. Uh, Catch it on Redbox or somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on your DVDs. Go yeah. to your local uh, library. <laughs> yeah. Go to your local library and get a Redbox <laughs> check out all <Office> copy. <laughs> <laughs> Stream it
1: on, uh, you can find
0: it in a, a magazine.
1: <laughs> yeah, find it in a magazine. Stream it on uh, Hollywood Video.
2: <laughs> on Hollywood Video if they don't have it at blockbuster yeah oh,
1: god
0: um all right and then yeah uh no sudden move i didn't know if you guys watched this did anybody watch this um it's a steven soderbergh movie starring uh don Cheadle, john Hamm, benicio del toro amy simons brendan Fraser, ray Liotta, david harbour um and then there's like there's one other big name. It's kind of like a surprise thing. So don't really want to say who. Matt, uh, Matt Damon. Huh?
1: Matt Damon. Do you know? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I just said that. No of- way. This like because of Thor Ragnarok and then a, uh, Interstellar. All right. Well, there Wait, you go.
2: Matt Damon's and Ragnarok? Yeah, he plays Loki.
1: like a uh, fake Loki or whatever in the play. I completely forgot about that. Whenever okay. Thor goes back to Asgard and like, and Loki as Odin is watching the play about Loki. Anyway, yeah.
0: All right, I got to check that out. Yeah, and okay. like Sam Neill is playing Odin and Matt Damon is playing Loki. Um. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, you you guessed it. Uh, (laughs) Matt Damon shows up in like the last 20 minutes of this movie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's really good. It's like a really low-key crime movie. Great writing. um, Really good performances from all the actors. Uh, I mean you guys have seen so many Steven Soderbergh movies. So you kind of like know what to expect. I think from his, I don't know, just from his being experienced with his filmography, like the dude can do high budget stuff. He can do budget, like low, super low budget um, and make anything work. And it just totally felt like, I don't know how, I don't know how expensive this, this was i'm guessing like 20 million max probably and just like making this little crime movie with his actor friends um who he's worked with over the years but it's it's very funny i forget who wrote it uh i don't think it was eric roth okay i want to look up who wrote it um I don't have my keyboard turned on. That'd be helpful. <laughs> uh God, who wrote this? Ed Solomon. Um, who wrote oh god. Oh, okay, yeah. Ed Solomon. He's the men in black and then the Bill and Ted's writer. Um interesting. I mean, yeah, that's that's his his big movies are the bill and ted movies and men in black diverse. Um, that's diverse writing
2: credits yeah
0: but it's it's about um i forget the character's name but don cheeto was the lead which like really surprised me and i was all about because don cheeto does not get like the chance to show off and he's fucking amazing in this movie um he like never
2: gets to be the lead in anything yeah i think like hotel rwanda is one of the just like the the last thing that was forever ago where he was the main character yeah
0: Yeah. and i was just oh man i was like fuck we've been robbed man (laughs) this dude is so good yeah um but it is like uh small stakes crime story in the i think it's the 50s maybe the 60s i forget where um i feel like it's in detroit i think it's in detroit um because it revolves around like the automobile industry and stuff like that um but oh did i say uh david harbour isn't it
1: yeah
0: okay but yeah he gets uh he gets recruited by Brendan Frazier to like join in on this job because like, it's the thing of like people, you know, just recruiting random people to work together. Cause they got this quick job they're going to do and uh, split the cash and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah. So Benicio del Toro, uh, Don Cheadle and then uh, Kieran McCullough, McC- Colky McCulkin? <laughs> what's, what's what's the well, name? Isn't is it just
2: Col- K- isn't just Kieran Colkin?
1: Culkin,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McCauley. Yeah. yeah, I know. Okay. okay. Sounds like one name. Like I McCol- see where okay. you with that, yeah. Kieran Colkin is in it. Uh, so yeah, the three of them are recruited by Brendan Fraser to um, babysit David Harbour's family while they take David Harbour to go steal something from his office job and then that's it that's supposed to be the end of the job they get a really big payday and that's the setup and then shit goes wrong every way it can and it's like oh god so good so good writing uh really good performances and it's not it's not a long movie I forget how long it is but it kind of just like blows through everything, um, but it gives you. It's one of those things where like the performances and the writing, and then the directing, all just do such a good job of telling one story, and you feel like you feel like you know all of these characters' history, like their whole lives and everything. It's just it's so good. Um, I do have I do have one negative to say about the movie is they used some, I forget what it was, I looked it up, I spent the time reading about it, they used some like wide wide angle lens shooting this with the intention of like cropping it uh, when they released it, and then Steven Soderbergh saw the footage, and it's At the edges of the frame, it kind of like distorts in almost like a fisheye lens way where it like bends the frame. And Steven Soderbergh saw that and he was like, oh, I like that. Let's keep it. Mm. (laughs) So they did. (laughs) And it gives you motion sickness when you watch it. Mm. So it works for like close ups and tight spaces. But Anytime there was like an exterior shot or like a shot of people walking, I got motion sickness and was like, fuck, I can't like I can't look at the screen right now. So, um, other than that, it's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're sensitive to that, I would maybe recommend staying away. I uh, just won't eat like for a couple hours before yeah, watching it. I don't maybe. it it really caught me off guard. I was not. Expecting it, what a strange choice, yeah. Have. Um, sorry to just keep rambling. I have two other movies if you guys are good, to... <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll just wrap it up a little all bit, right. but you got
0: to... all right. <laughs> um, so Grace and I watched Kate on Netflix, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't know if you guys know anything about this movie, this trailer. Okay, it's It's a Netflix movie. It's an action movie. Um, It's kind of just like an action vehicle thing, you know, where like the actor is the draw and like the performance really. Um, Very much like John Wick one is what it reminded me of the first John Wick. Um, And I want to say, I feel like, let's see. I gotta look this up. Maybe I can find out right now. Uh, but I feel like it might have been a thing of the people who worked on John Wick maybe produced it or not. Yeah. Here it is this. Yeah. Everything makes sense now. (laughs) Um, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead played the huntress in the birds of prey movie. Um, I forget which one it was, if it was Chad Stachowski or David Leach that did like reshoots and choreography, like action choreography on Birds of Prey. But I am like 99% sure the work that he did, whichever one of them did on Birds of Prey, led to this movie getting made because they are like the production company. They're, um, what is it, 87 North Productions uh, produced this movie? So it feels very much like they worked with Mary Elizabeth Winstead on Birds of Prey and they're like, oh, hey, you're good at this action stuff. Let's build a movie around you. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it is. It's just like a very bare bones, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays an assassin in Japan and she's like taking out people in the Yakuza. Uh, She doesn't really know anything about why she's being sent to kill these people. Um, She doesn't know who, like who they are in relation to each other, but she knows she has like 12 or 13 people and then she's done. Uh, Woody Harrelson is her handler and like mentor person. He recruited her when she was a kid And yeah, that's the that's kind of like the setup. She gets poisoned. She has 24 hours to live, so she's trying to get revenge and find out who poisoned her and why and everything. This is like Crank. Kind of. It's I mean, kind of like (laughs) (laughs) Crank. I haven't actually seen those movies. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you guys care about spoilers for this one or not. No. Okay. It's not. It's not great. Um, It feels very much like a Netflix movie um, where it's not super strong. Not super strong writing, directing, visuals, any of that stuff. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is really good in it. Like, if you're going to watch it, watch it for her. Um, But she... Is trying to find out who poisoned her she thinks that it is revenge for killing this yakuza guy um so she like kidnaps the niece of the person she suspects and like she's like all right you're gonna take me to this guy so i can kill him and get revenge and then it turns into a thing of like yakuza um like family feud (laughs) family feud (laughs) (laughs) uh <laughs> like people trying to kill you know the line of succession um within like these yakuza families so she goes from like taking this kid hostage to then having to like protect the kid from people um all while she has like 12 hours left to live um so yeah, it's a very like kind of bare bones story. Doesn't have a lot of depth to it. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is like good in her in her role, but she's really good in like the action scenes and like doing the stunts and stuff. So spoilers, she dies at the end. <laughs> she actually dies from the poison at the end of the movie cool and like gotcha yeah i was i was like all right well okay they stuck to it they killed her but i was also like you just spent this whole movie building up her character her backstory filling it all in giving us her like life history and then you killed her and like she's really good in this role (laughs) and i'm like prequels dude you know i don't i don't love john wick but like i would really like a second kate movie and like i would totally watch something with this character in another uh situation and scenario so yeah i was honestly thinking i was like why not make a prequel or something with her character like on other missions in other countries or something i don't know um but yeah, I was, I was actually kind of bummed out that they did stick to their guns and killer <laughs> at the end. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much more to say about it. I think. Uh Chad, you said you saw the trailer. I'll like just say for people you who know, go and watch the trailer, or if you <laughs> you can find out, like you you can tell what happens in the story i think just from the trailer it doesn't spoil it but like it's obvious what what happens um and if you just watch the movie it's very obvious so it's it really felt like they kind of took either took like a script they already had or just like assigned somebody to write her a script um mary elizabeth winstead i don't know but yeah it's not great she's really good and i would like to see her in other action roles um because yeah i thought she was great in this um so you guys don't have any questions on kate I think so.
1: let's talk about malignant <laughs> you uh, sure you want to do that like you don't want a whole podcast episode about malignant, <laughs> just malignant. how long have we gone like an so hour and a
2: half at yeah, least. Yeah. Too.
0: i don't know when i would record on malignant by myself yeah.
1: yeah sure let's just get into it then
0: so all right jimbo do you know
2: anything about malignant is it a james wan it's joint? a james wan movie okay
0: <laughs> all right so malignant is a james wan movie it is on hbo max it was simultaneous theater and hbo max release it follows this woman i forget her character's name who is in this like abusive relationship her husband i think um like throws her against the wall in like a fit of rage and she hits the back of her head. Um,
1: Where Jimbo
0: and oh, Jimbo is indisposed, um, for a minute.
1: Uh,
0: she hits the back of her head and after she hits the back of her head, weird shit starts happening. Um, her husband ends up getting killed. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ! I forget everything that happens in this movie. But yeah, it's it's not good. I don't really know how much I want to go into it. Um,
1: yeah, I I just watched the I watched the red letter video yeah. on it, but I didn't watch the movie, so I feel like I got the to... i I feel like yeah
0: you got you got the experience you got what you needed if you go watch the red letter media video um yeah i watched grace and i watched kate in like the afternoon and i was like oh this movie just came out it's a horror movie from james wan and i was like i kind of like james wan movies like you know, I liked Saw. I liked um the conjuring movies well enough, the ones he directed. And then I was like, oh, you know, Death Sentence is okay. Uh I feel like I liked the the puppet tongue movie. I forget what that one's called. Dead Is oh, it Dead yeah. Silence
1: or something? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs>
0: know Whatever it was. I was like, All right, like I think i might have liked that one i forget it um anyways yeah i don't know how much i really want to go into the plot but it's it's definitely like a Jalo influenced thing inspired movie like italian horror from the late 60s 70s and then like early 80s there's this like italian horror that's slasher movies very stylized very like gory bloody um over dramatic like over the top stuff it's very inspired by that but then it like also i don't know but then like just the way that it's like shot tries to be super american horror james wan like contemporary american horror stuff so like the styles totally clashed for me um but then like it has from the get-go it's a very like you should know this is not a serious movie the opening opening minutes are just like over the top bad acting not great writing like dramatic um like colors and stuff like really you know flashy colors and like camera shots and movements and stuff so like you're you're supposed to be tuned in that this is like oh not going to be just a straightforward horror movie it's going to be something else um and, <laughs> and like I know it's a very uh, divisive movie. I've seen it online. Everybody's been talking about it where I go online on either Twitter or Instagram or whatever people are talking about it. You know, um, I can understand why people like it. I can understand why people like it. <laughs> Fucking despise it. <laughs> I hate this movie with a passion i think it's awful i think from the very beginning it's absolutely terrible um i hate it <laughs> and, despise,
2: despise sounds like the name of one of these movies
0: yeah i don't know i the there, despise. there were things throughout it that i was like oh i like that and it was usually like the giallo horror stuff italian horror stuff where it's like You know, this killer is wearing, like, a black trench coat. Uh, The killer is, like, very, like, thin and, like, lanky. And just, like, the silhouette, the character silhouette is really creepy and unsettling. And you, like, add in the thing of this person's body, like, they're running in reverse. So, like, this person is, like, running backwards. And it looks off. It looks weird. It's unsettling. And like that stuff really worked for me uh, up until a point. And like <laughs> they go all out in the last 30 minutes or whatever, that's what everybody keeps saying online is like, oh, you know, you either love it or hate it up till this point, And then it's crazy. And I'm like, I fucking hated the entire thing. I hated the, <laughs> the last 30 minutes where it goes balls-to-the-wall action movie and i don't know i i know you're not gonna watch it i kind of wish you guys had watched it to get into it in depth but i also don't want you to watch (laughs) Um, i think i've been yeah i think i've been warned off no yeah and then there's like oh my god every every big reveal in the movie, cause it's just like full of like twists and reveals. They have a like electronic cover of Where Is My Mind? That's like, you know, the Pixie song, Where Is My Mind? Um, but it's just like blaring loud, electronic sirens kind of thing of where is my mind and i and it's like slightly off so i heard it once and i was like why does that sound familiar and then i heard it again i was like that sounds like the pixies and then i was like heard it again cuz they use it uses like five times throughout the movie and they and they do this like big thing where it's like a piece of information will be revealed and it's like so fucking blast this movie like james wan had a fucking jeopardy buzzer button or something he just fucking pounded that thing
2: turn it up to 11
0: yeah he he just he just hit that thing every time that like a reveal happens and like the song kicks in and then like there's a super dramatic It's, but that's the thing. It doesn't have words. It just goes boom, boom, boom. It's like, it's it's that. That's what it sounds like. It's fucking, yeah. And it's like, it's so much louder than the rest of the movie. And it's accompanied by, like, it's accompanied by these like super dramatic um, like sweeping camera movements of like the big reveal. And it just felt so weird. And I don't, it was just such a, such a like singular movie watching experience. I somehow got grace to watch this with me thinking That's it was going to be a sure. horror movie. We were laughing the entire time Oof. just because like, and I don't think a lot of it. I don't think it was intentional. Like I know people are saying it's supposed to be campy, it's supposed to be cheesy, it's supposed to be like over the top, it's supposed to be bad. And I'm just like, I I understand the like style uh, choices that he made, but I don't really think it's supposed to be laughed at the entire time. Hmm. And yeah, it's just really bad. <laughs> um, Oh there's also a a lady uh actor who like is channeling Wanda Sykes like there's this there's intentionally, this intentionally
1: that's they, the they thing. reference I Wanda Sykes in,
0: I think it's intentional I felt like they tried to cast Wanda Sykes and then they got denied so they cast this other lady and it's like she she like has this afro She's like a dressed like a stereotypical 70s like black exploitation detective or something and she's like constantly got zingers and like doing comedic bits throughout the entire movie and it felt so reminiscent of Wanda Sykes if you've ever seen her in anything I was like why is this character in a horror movie what is this also Chad Sorry, I'm just rambling, but yeah, Chad, Chad mentioned the Red Letter Media review. It's really funny, really good. They go very in-depth on it um, if you want to check that out. But one of the things they mentioned on there that I did not pick up on, I didn't go research, is James Wan co-wrote this with his wife or fiance. I forget what she was at the time, who is an actor in the movie. James Wan is an Australian um I don't know his ethnicity but he's an Australian Asian man and there is an Asian American detective in the movie who is the love interest of the character played by his real life wife in the movie and it just felt like they wrote themselves like into the movie (laughs) is what it felt like and she also she just felt so out of place and i don't know guys i have so much to say about this movie but i'll stop (laughs) i'll stop i didn't even get to the most batshit crazy stuff but you've given the people a taste yeah i i hate this movie with a burning passion i think it's the worst thing i've seen in like 10 years um, that's, a, that's a lot i, I don't that's know a lot. yeah all right it's it got a response out of me
2: <laughs> and that's what
0: great art does right it gets a response yeah. out of you hey people love it people online love this movie so yeah mm. watch it yourself if you want okay Sorry, sorry to go Maybe
2: maybe around Halloween time. Oh god. Maybe.
0: Just watch the ghost and Mr. Chicken at Halloween. Yes. (laughs) Um Yeah, that's the last thing I had to talk about. (laughs) All
2: right. And then on a high note.
0: And oh fuck fuck off. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, we're going on break now. (laughs) Then this
2: is like we're commemorating our this is 60 right oh
0: episode 60 the yeah big,
2: the big six oh yeah yeah
0: uh, this is it before we go on break don't know how long we're going on break uh i don't know i'll be around man i don't know we might we might put something out around halloween i'll just i'll say that yeah um but yeah if malignant <laughs> oh man i'll do a malignant commentary <laughs> um yeah i i just wanted to say this is yeah our last episode before we go on break uh we will be coming back in the future um i don't know how much you guys are hearing handsome in the background it's a probably old. a lot uh <laughs> but we will be back in the future uh and we have some cool plans for that whenever we return um but yeah i just wanted to say thanks to everybody who has listened over the past year and a half year and yeah month, be. i guess thanks, um, thanks pleasers thanks pleasers as very much appreciated uh it's cool knowing that people listen to this thing that we put out uh inconsistently Uh, (laughs) but yeah we will be back so i i'm just saying you know stay subscribed if you're following us on instagram or twitter keep following us because we will return um later this year but I don't, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I'll throw out the Twitter is at excited pod and the Instagram is please be excited. Um, follow us on either one of those. Uh, I didn't know if you guys had anything else to say before we, we sign off for this last episode.
1: Mm.
0: Anything heartfelt?
1: Mm, I mean... Yeah, this has been a cool way just for us to keep in touch, if, we, if nothing else. So, I mean... That's true.
0: It's yeah. been, yeah, it's been something that we've been doing, you know, because of doing it this way because of, like, the pandemic, Yeah. but then also I moved away, so yeah. it's been a way for us to keep in contact and, uh, yeah, check in and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if
2: if anyone else like enjoys listening to it, that's that's awesome too. But yeah, I mean I'm always gonna do this. Like I'm I'm cool with doing this like indefinitely as a way just to kind of like hang out with my bros and then whoever else like enjoys it, that's that's awesome.
1: Also, I I say I you said you want to do a commentary. I think that would be great just in general, like if we do commentaries for (laughs) movies, like I'm down for that. Yeah, we could do that. But yeah, we'll talk about that off screen. Yeah. Off screen. <laughs> definitely
0: something I have wanted to get into. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, good to wrap up for now. Sure. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, pleasers. Uh, really appreciate. Really appreciate all the love. Over the past year, um, doing this thing, but we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and uh, you guys want to do a, a Schwarzenegger Terminator impression at the same time? <laughs> all yeah, right.
2: yeah. Can you yeah. count down like three, right. two, one, go? Or all right, yeah. Wait, is it I'll be back or we'll be back? What are we gonna
0: say? Uh, well, okay, I'll, whatever. All
1: right. I'll be back. Okay, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. all right. Three, two, one, go. Not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a tumor. <laughs> Get to <the> chopper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> meet me meet me at the chopper. Let's yeah. get to the chopper. Oh, oh fuck.
1: God, you ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> You're
2: one ugly motherfucker.
0: What's the matter,
2: Dylan? The CIA got you pushing Ooh. too many pencils. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's uh schwarzenegger good stuff (laughs) why is this little recording